for us to begin. Thank you so much for being here. And if you happen to be visiting with us, we're really glad that you chose to spend time with us this evening. We're finishing up our study in the book of John, and next week, first uh, Wednesday night of May, we'll begin a new study in here. We have these sick folks, and please be praying for them. Irene Baker, John Dryden, and Sandy Bonham all are dealing with end-stage cancer. Uh, Sandy's really low right now, so please keep her especially and Chuck in your prayers. Martha Eaton, remember her, trying to get her thyroid in good shape so that they can continue treatment for her foot, possibly surgery for her foot. Austin Wentz is taking treatments in, in recovery for cancer. Uh, Joan Mormon's going back to the doctor tomorrow, hoping that he's going to release her. So, yay, right? That was a devastating injury that she had, but we're really glad that's working out, Joan. I hope that you get a good report. Quitman Wigginton's at Landmark. He's undergoing rehabilitation, and boy, he's itching to get out of there. Terry Green is Ricky's brother. He's going to UAB for several weeks for chemo treatments and pray that that all goes well. He can maintain that pace. Verlin Davis has Alzheimer's. Remember her and also her caregivers. Geraldine Taylor is Chopper's mother. She's also at Landmark for rehab and she seems to be doing pretty well too. Uh, Ann Stevens, of course, has health problems. Jeff Goff had broken his back. He's in recovery. Stella Pittman's back at her daughter's home in Tupelo. We'll welcome your visits if you're able. Bobby Davis had a blockage procedure that was very successful, and we're thankful for that. That's a brother-in-law of Jerry and Caroline Ligon. Connie Edge is doing great. She might Is she here tonight? I'm We've seen her in our services, so we're very thankful for that. Marilyn Wilson's recovering from emergency back surgery. She's at home. Um, Milton Floyd's circulation problems probably going to be a protracted issue. So he says, please take me off the list. Quit praying for me. <laughs> no, that's kind of an inside joke. Please keep praying for him, okay? Not your head this way. Uh, but we want to, we want to, uh, see good things for Milton. Katie Jo Lindley has cancer. Uh, Greg Pollock's mother. So it was reported that she uh, had basically two types of cancer that she was dealing with and uh, really bad news. But uh, the news today is that they got some really good news. That recent test reveals, revealed that things were not as bad as were originally thought. Uh, the doctor says there's an abnormal protein in the blood that usually causes no problems and probably going to just require keeping watch on blood counts. Uh, she does have LGL leukemia, but it requires no treatments. So that was all good news. As dire as it sounded to begin with, uh, things are looking up. So we're, we're very thankful for that. Todd English's mother, Edith, had surgery in Memphis on Tuesday uh, for a spinal correction. And then I got a lot of sympathy to hand out tonight. 
My sympathies extended to David Yates' family. Remember, we've been praying for David practically the whole time I've been here. He's been very sick. Well, David passed away early this morning. So remember Martha and Harley in your prayers. Sympathies extended to John Gardner in the death of his youngest daughter, Amanda South. She uh, lived in Winfield. Visitation with the family is going to be Friday from noon until 2, and the funeral's at 2 at Winfield Methodist Church. Sympathies extended to Linda Garrett in the death of her brother-in-law, Floyd Newton. He lives in Corinth. Uh, Also, Kim Fowler's uncle was a longtime member of the Strickland congregation. And sympathies extended to Julius Lee and the death of her niece, Vicki White of Boonville. I hate to share those things, but when one suffers, what? We all suffer together. So we just want you to know we're, we're in prayer for you and we love you. Let's sing a song together. I was thinking about all this sickness and all this hurt and... You know, you can get down a little bit about that, but I think we should do what 742 tells us to do. Now you want to rush to get there, right? What's he talking about? Seven forty-two. We've had some snafus with these songbooks, so just for fun, my songbook says to count your many blessings. Is that what yours says? <laughs> No? Are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm going to tell you, my wife's already tricked me today. I'm not going to tell her what she did because she's probably after you too. You got two more. They're piling up. The victims are piling up around. So beware, okay? Just Beware. Okay, 742, when upon life's billows. When you get to the chorus, <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to count our blessings. Okay, that's what I meant. You're like, we're looking for the billows to roll? No, 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 no. Sorry about that. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, we'll sing this song. Uh, the first, I want to sing the first and second ver- verse, okay? And then we'll, we'll have our prayer for, for these folks we've talked about.
let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful day today. Thank you for the sunshine and the great temperatures. And we just, we just walk in the glory of your presence and we honor you. We, we feel good when we have days like this and we just, we would just want you to know how much we appreciate it. We thank you, Father, for our own health and strength and to be able to do as we've been singing, to count our many blessings and to name them one by one. Of course, the practical reality is that that would be impossible. We just, we're so filled with gladness, though, Lord, and amazed at what you do in our lives. And even with these people who are sick, even those who are facing terminal conditions, uh, even in their struggles, we oftentimes are encouraged by them because of the faith that they have. So we pray, Lord, that even if physical recovery is not possible, that you will bless their spirits and uh, give them good days. And we especially think about Irene Baker and John Dryden and Sandy Bonham in that regard. Just please lift them up and if it's if it's possible, give us opportunities to to be a part of that encouragement. We pray for Martha Eaton that her long uh, process of healing will continue and that she will get some good results very soon. We pray for Joan Mormon that she will get good word from her doctor tomorrow. Please bless Quitman and uh, Miss Taylor as they're taking rehab at Landmark, and we pray that all that's working to help them physically to get better. Please be with Terry Green as he undergoes his treatments, and Verlin Davis as she is in the throes of a dreaded disease, and we pray for those who provide for her. We pray for Austin Wentz that he will continue to have progress against his disease. Please be with Ann Stevens and strengthen her with Jeff Goff as he recovers from his injury. We pray that you'll bless Bobby Davis, continuing his strengthening, and we're just very grateful, Lord, that you've heard our prayer and the prayer of many that his situation could be resolved. We pray for Connie Edge that she will have a full recovery. We pray for Marilyn Wilson that her progress will also be steady and good. Please bless Milton Floyd that his legs will get better and um, what seems to be a chronic condition will be temporary. We pray for Katie Jo Lindley who has cancer. We're thankful for what seems to be good news for Greg Pollock's mother and we pray that it is exactly that and that she will enjoy good days. We pray for Todd English's mother, Edith, as she had surgery this week, and we pray that she can recover and uh, be very mobile and pain-free again. And Father, there are several among us who are suffering as a result of 
the loss, the death of loved ones recently. We pray for their comfort. Bless the Yates family and John Gardner's family. We pray for Linda Garrett, the death of her brother-in-law. And we pray for Julius Lee as her niece has died. And Father, we hear about events around the world, much of which doesn't necessarily affect us, yet we are sympathetic to the circumstances of other people. And so for those who suffer, and especially our brothers and sisters in these locations, we, we pray, Father, that you will give them deliverance from evil and that despite the strife that is around them, like in the Ukraine, that your word will prevail and that souls will be saved despite what's happening. Lord, here we are, not in a circumstance like that, talking about beautiful days and enjoying our health. Lord, help us as we count our blessings to know that we're also responsible. If we don't have the hindrances of others, I pray that you'll motivate us to use our good days and freedom from hindrances to seek and to save the lost like you did. And give us success in that, Lord. We pray your blessings on our effort this weekend to reach those who have been widowed and not just to encourage them, but also equip ourselves so that we can be an encouragement and comfort to those who suffer. Thank you for all these rich blessings and thank you for what you intend to do on behalf of these who we know are suffering. Help us to be your hands and feet in those regards. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so tonight's going to be our last night in the study, the book of John. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to use these points that we introduced last week that now you know a lot about to kind of serve as a review for us, if you will, a kind of final exam. Are you excited about that? I mean, just like, yes, Man, Ken, that is, that is cool. We love that. We love to be tested. So let's, let's think about what this book has done for us. We, we started by realizing that John is different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Not, not different in terms of the message that's being preached. The message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And its intent is to give such truth as to result in the salvation of souls. No doubt about that. But John takes on a special role in that it, it serves to offer the testimony of witnesses. Now, why is it that the book of John even needs to offer up the testimony of witnesses? I mean, after all, you and I, we, we, believe, we believe what we read in the Bible. And so when we read about Jesus and all that, we just, yes, way to go, Jesus. Or I believe in Jesus. I just, you know, read those stories. I, I, I automatically believe everything that I, I see there. Why, why do we need a book that deals with testimony of witnesses? Okay, let's get warmed up good. I'll kind of help you as we're getting our momentum here. Well, one thing is obviously true. Jesus is claiming to be none other than 
the Son of God. He's claiming to be the Son of God. For the Jews, he's claiming to be the Messiah. For those who spoke Greek, he is the Christ, the anointed of God. He is the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy. He is the embodiment of God's plan to save mankind. And so, wow, if he makes that claim, then, you know, prove it. <laughs> give, give, me the, give me the evidence of that. Now, here's the thing. We may say we believe and leave it at that, but I hope that what's true about your faith is that it is an evidential kind of faith. I don't believe in Jesus simply because my parents told me to believe it. Now, I'll tell you, I stand before you as a fifth-generation Christian. Several generations back, someone heard the gospel, believed it, obeyed it, and then that gospel continued to be preached in that household and their children obeyed the gospel and then their children obeyed the gospel and then their children obeyed the gospel and then my dad, Harvey Forrest, he presented the truths in his life. I saw the example of that from a youth. I attended church services, but I didn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God because he told me to. I believed it because I found it to be true myself. With studies, kind of like what we're doing. Not necessarily a study of the book of John, but what I mean is looking at the scriptures and then seeing how those scriptures find their fulfillment in Jesus. And it is the multiplying of those things that develops what I hope has developed in me, an unwavering faith. I hope that because of those experiences, I've developed a faith that will never leave me. And I can stand on until I die and receive my reward that's been promised that we've read about in these very scriptures. So we have to have evidence and testimony that is reliable in order to develop this evidential faith to have a faith based on facts. Now, there are seven witnesses who offer testimony in this book of John. We've looked at five of them already. So you have that information logged in your computer there, right? Just nod your head this way. You do. You jotted it down or you just piled it in there. And hopefully, through the experience of that, you are going to have the evidence that you can carry the rest of your life. Or at least it can be part of what you're going to add to as you're going along. And so for this generation, you can be that person who instills the truth in somebody else. And with the hope or the idea, the sight for the future that they will develop and evidential faith as well. That's, that's what the whole book was about. You know, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That's what we're striving for. Okay, so the first 
to me, the pinnacle of those evidences, the, the person who gives the greatest testimony, is Jesus speaking of himself. And, and think about Jesus going about his ministry and receiving the kind of abuses that he did, but he never backed down, even in the face of scourging and in the face of dying a horrible death of crucifixion. He never backed down from the truth that he promoted that he was the Son of God. And so Jesus testifies of that. Although there's an interesting statement in our list of witnesses that is attributed to him in John chapter 5 and verse 31. Jesus says, if I give witness of myself, my witness, he says, is not true. Now, Jesus is not saying that he's a liar, and if he says it, you can't accept that. That that is not the import of that statement. What Jesus is telling us is that typically, if I give evidence or testimony of myself, if I were to do that in the court of law, it would not be accepted, not just simply on the basis of my own testimony. And probably alludes to several passages, and one that I mentioned was Deuteronomy 17 and verse 6 that required that there be two or three witnesses to establish a truth. In that case, a truth that might result in somebody's execution. You know, you need to verify that this is true. And the way you're going to verify it, uh, given the consequences, is by two or three witnesses. So Jesus acknowledged that. However, that doesn't mean that Jesus then shut up and said, well, then I'm just not going to talk about myself. Because we saw time after time after time Jesus demonstrating through his teaching and then the actions that are oftentimes accompanied with these well, just like outlandish statements. If, if anybody else said that, we'd be like, what, are you, what in the world? What's, what's wrong with you? Talk about outlandish, right? John chapter 8 and verse 58. Jesus says, before Abraham was what? I am. What was the result? What happened when those people heard that glorious statement? They took up stones, going to stone him. Why? Because that statement is testifying to what fact? It's God, right? I was there when Abraham was... Wait, how could you be... What? What are you saying? You know exactly what he's saying. And so that that key statement right there, that, and I, I use the word outlandish, that statement that nobody else could make, That statement that Jesus makes, not only does he make it in that setting, but when he wants to share something about himself with people, he will bring that idea back into play. And so in this book, there are how many I am statements emphasized. You're exactly right. There are seven. And that number seven is going to be uh, spoken of a lot. You say, no, wait a minute. I, I know that Jesus, for instance, said that he's the light of the world several times. Okay, 